Listen, Ethan. Yeah. You're not the only one who's allowed to make goofs on this podcast. No. I am allowed. Mm. See, that's where you're wrong, buddy. <laughs> that's where you're wrong, bucko. Buckaroo. I am. Bucky. The Goof Master. Welcome to The Crunch, episode 70. It is your boy, Ethan, a.k.a. Bropostle. And I'm Patrick, at Catholic Pat. Is, offici- is officially, it is officially 62 minutes since we started recording, and we are just now starting the episode. Patrick, tell me your thoughts. I feel horrible. Me too. there's a party going on downstairs, and I am not at it. And oh. I have a huge FOMO, so I'm just like... Am I yep. keeping you from a party? You didn't tell me that, or else I would have shortened up our goof timer. Oh, that's a good point. I mean, no, we we, we definitely needed the time to, like... Warm up. <laughs> yeah, and warm up. Because I had, like, a weird day, which yeah. we're not going to go into. But there, have definitely been, there have definitely been episodes in our run where uh, one or both of us is not warmed up, and those are unequivocally our worst episodes because we're just not feeling it at all and it's just not yeah, good that that's what happens when you do a weekly show folks especially yeah. because we don't edit we we just throw things mm-hmm. unless like i say someone's first unless we say or... unless we say something <laughs> someone's name or something extremely offensive then we have just to cut terrible. those out like we <laughs> there have been all, probably almost every single week you guys just don't even hear it because <laughs> i edit it out and it's oh man we patrick especially has said some incredibly inappropriate whoa, things on this whoa, show whoa whoa that yeah. is okay you know what i'm not even gonna defend myself because everyone listening knows that's not true no that is a hundred percent true if you go back and listen everyone here knows that the, if the people that have the, the per, out of the two of us uh-huh first of all the kraken thing was all you <laughs> You brought all me, of you. Here's the thing. You let me talk to you about this. So you were you led me you you were you led my horse to the water. You might not have made me drink, but you led me there. You know? <laughs> I'll say something and then Ethan will just take it and just make it terrible. But that's just You make me sound like I some kind of vibe. <laughs> the word vibe, the innocent word vibe, the name of my old car, rec- rest in peace. R. I. P. in peace, the vibe. The name of my beautiful old car, dead. He took and he just took it and he and he made it. He made it something offensive to the Lord. That's oh. what Ethan did. <laughs> let's with just the say, word vibe. let's just say the word vibe is short for vibration, and that's all you need to know <laughs> about anything. That's all we're gonna get into. No more. It's that's it. It's all. It's over. It's done. The bit is done. What was so the- I rest my I rest my case, ladies and gentlemen of the People's Court. Is that, I rest my case. I think we've just realized that this podcast is just us submitting weekly court cases to the people's court. <laughs> Who is Judge the Judy? Of the people. Is the people. there anybody named Judy? Grandma, are you listening? My grandma's name is Judy. Judy, are you listening? Can you no be way. our Judge Judy? Guys, I found out I found out Ethan's middle name today. I have known him for almost a year and a half. No, definitely a year and a half at this point. And I've never known his middle name. Can't believe you didn't know my middle name was Hot Rod. <laughs> Ethan Hot, Hot Rod Stevie. No, uh, what was I going to say? I actually, I got a DM from a girl the other day that, speaking of old people that listen to our podcast, that said her 57-year-old dad listens. So wow. 
if if you're listening, 57 year old dad, and that's you, shout out for putting up with our crap because that is amazing. Also, 57 year old dad, if you could please get my 75 year old grandma to figure out how to listen to the podcast, Mm -hmm. that'd be awesome. I understand. There's a big difference between 75 and 57. Like that's a good point. If you're 57, you grew up. We should not offend him. In the 70s that's and 80s. True. That's very different. You know, like you were. With if he's 57, he was hitting his prime in the 80s. You know, so he he grew up with all the tech. But if you're the, 75, the modems, the fax machines, yeah. the pagers, the the, the booming use movies, the booming oh, yeah. economy, the the Clintons, uh, the Clintons, <laughs> the those those workout machines that shake your butt but don't actually do anything. You know what I'm talking about. That was definitely the 50s. Was it? Also, I think the Clintons were the 90s. Oh, what's going on? Africa by Toto. That's that's definitely. The <laughs> we don't know anything about the um, 80s. We don't know anything about the. We had a 90s party on campus, and people requested Africa by Toto and Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, Africa that's... by Toto was written in the 1980s, and Bohemian Rhapsody was written in like 1975. <laughs> that's like going to a, a a 60s cinema party and request can we play the jazz singer real quick can we just drop that down the jazz singer is one of the first movies <laughs> with sound that's a really deep cinema cut for those of you that are into <laughs> film nice uh, yeah that was a really that was a really audience specific joke <laughs> it was a niche joke that's what we call it see that's what we in the business call a two percent a two percenter folks. that's right just like the milk just like the milk folks just get beefy on that cinema joke um i had another thing that i wanted to riff on but i can't remember what it was we're talking about the 57-year-old. Oh, I remember what it was. Um, can you just uh, – never mind. I'm, I'll work it in somewhere else in the episode. But I've, oh, I have it. it's bookmarked in my brain, and I won't forget write it. Write it down on a sticky note and put it on your camera. The only thing I have in front of me it. is uh, my Bible, and I'm not going to write this down <laughs> in there. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's all good. I hope you remember it. I hope I do too. Um, yeah, it's – I'm super. I'm super glad we're warmed up. We we yeah. need to do that more often. We definitely need talk to for an hour before we start recording. No, we do not need to do that more often. How? Yes, we do. Uh. It makes for better podcasting. <clears throat> Let's get into this episode, Thieves. dude. Let's go. Let's get into this episode because I after our conversation right before the podcast, uh-huh. I I just started feeling really good about this conversation that about the episode. Sweet. You know? you know what that means? Holy Spirit. What does that mean? Holy Spirit's moving. Holy Spirit. He wants well, us to talk so about this. Let's go. Tell the people oh, that guy. tell the people what we're doing. So let's like let's like talk about what we were talking about. We were just we were legit just Ethan, I was like, I was like, Ethan, we're out of topics. I don't know what to talk about. And he's like, that's ridiculous because there's so much to talk about in the Catholic world. And he turns on his camera and goes, I have an idea. Good thing I have this trusty thing right here. And I was like, Oh, a notebook full of topic ideas. No, it was a picture New of Father American James Martin Bible. SJ. <laughs> Good thing we have this guy on speed dial, and so we called up good old Father Jay. <laughs> good thing I have portraits of and, Jesuits um, all throughout my house. <laughs> they talk to me. <laughs> it's like Harry like Potter. Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, there we go. That's good. <laughs> we landed it. Worst. Nice. Um, and so we like we started flipping through the Psalms, and we were talking about like, the first four Psalms, which are awesome, by the way. But we were like, now nah, we can't just go through all the Psalms. And then Ethan's like reading through Matthew, and so we were talking about Matthew. And I've been reading through Matthew too. I've been reading through the Sermon on the Mount recently. And like, I spent a lot of time on the Beatitudes. I started talking about how 
I don't know if you if you sympathize with this, Ethan, but the Beatitudes are just something that I have never really landed on as a Catholic. You know, I've just been like, yeah, they're they're there in the Bible, but it's kind of just another list of things like the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit or the fruits of the Holy Spirit or the Ten Commandments or these other lists that we have to memorize in CCD or religious ed or RCA or whatever. And like, but then I took a class my sophomore year with um that doesn't matter who it was with but, dr scott uh, christian moral principles yeah no it wasn't scott Hahn. Oh, it okay. was um it was the bishop it was the bishop of steubenville which is pretty cool Ooh. but um he, he was talking so he what he said had magisterial weight he was like the beatitudes are the crux of our faith if you don't understand the beatitudes you don't understand how to be a christian and i hmm. was like wow that's a that's really heavy. I'm just gonna ignore what you said and keep doing what I'm doing. Is that okay? No, Patrick, don't do that. All right, cool, bye. Um, so that's kind of what I did. And um, the Beatitudes have kept coming up throughout my education, and I want to talk about them because they've always kind of eluded me. Mm-hmm. What are what are your experiences with the Beatitudes, Ethan? Um, I mean, exactly the same as you were describing. Like we talked about them in. Uh, we call it SOR, not CCD. Sorry. So if I slip up and say SOR, it's that's fine. yeah. Uh, we talked about what's SOR stand for? School of Religion. Oh, okay. It's kind of lame. Um, so we would we would learn about these. I remember learning about them every year, and we'd have to, oh, you know, pick one and then like present to the class or whatever. Because I went to public school, so this was Classic. on like a a Tuesday night, and you know, fill out this worksheet about the you know these things listen to a song whatever it was but beyond that never not really a point of like talk talk talking point um even i can't even remember a homily you know ever being about the beatitudes and what they mean and why they're so important i mean we certainly will talk about them when it's the reading for that day uh the priest will mention it you know hey we need to remember this and then but it, it, but the importance of the Beatitudes, I don't think, was ever impressed on me as a young boy. And it's still, I don't think it is to this day. Um, I heard a really good homily on the Beatitudes in um, in Pittsburgh a couple of, when it was the reading uh, a couple of months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess I'll like throw this analogy down right now. Do it. That's a pretty good analogy. He was talking about how his dad used to, or his grandfather used to, um, do plumbing work and he um he had to like bail out this uh sewer drain that was overflowing and so he um he dipped down to like get water out of it and like he dipped the bucket down filled the bucket pulled it out and then he used half of the water to do whatever job he was doing and he's like oh i should probably get some more water so half full he back into the water but the bucket when it was full of water wouldn't tip over to take in any more water. And he was like, the, um, the analogy there is obviously like you need to be fully emptied in order to drink from the well, essentially. It's like, ah. cause if you, if you try to lower a half full bucket into a well, it's not going to catch into the water. It's going to stay exactly straight up the way it is. And mm-hmm. it's not going to change. Mm-hmm. So you, in, in, order, in order to take on like the blessings from the well, which is like the beatitudes, you have to completely empty yourself. Cool. I thought that was interesting. I like, I like that. that. I like that a lot I, too. It was it was a really it was a really good homily. It was really short, which is one of the reasons why it was good. But it was also <laughs> it was also really it was also a really good homily because it challenged me to change stuff about myself. 
And I think that's what the Beatitudes are supposed to do, especially because Jesus right off the bat is like, well, first of all, if you want to be blessed, you have to be poor. And I'm not talking like, like just, I'm not talking like you have to be like impoverished, like a little bit empty. You have to be poor. Like you have to have nothing to your spirit. You can't be like big in any sense. You have to be poor. And people are like, oh, I like to think that people started leaving during the Beatitudes. Like this I is also the first think thing it's in the super, Sermon on the Mount. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. Like the first, this is the first thing. So Jesus, what happens before this? Let me flip real quick. Let me do this. So right before this is the call of the first disciples. So um, as far as Jesus's ministry, he hasn't made it very far. Like he's just finished recruitment season. You know, this is, this is new member recruitment week one. You know, let's, let's teach the, the handshake and the values of our fraternity. You know what I mean? And yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, Jesus's church is much more important than a fraternity anyway. Um, but this is, this is day one is learning these. And I think that's something that we forget. I've also been thinking about this a lot recently. This is kind of related. It's like the order that things happen in the scripture. Cause we like to see them a lot of times as separate events because that's how we hear them at mass. But yeah, the order that they are laid out, by the evangelists is intentional, you know? So the fact that immediately after, you know, uh, Jesus calls the first disciples, he starts preaching the Beatitudes is like something that maybe you should think about a little bit is like, okay, Jesus just recruited the apostles and he immediately tells them these things. And that has to mean something for me as a disciple as well. Um, so yeah, that's that's just what I was thinking. What what else do you got, Pat? What were you what were you going into before I rudely interrupted? I mean, you you also it's definitely it's definitely good to look at um where he is in his ministry, but also where he is geographically. He's standing Ooh. on a mountain. Like he comes he comes down from a mountain and then professes a list of things. Um Who does like, that remind you of, Patrick? When, well, well, I, it must the ten, it's the Ten Commandments, and instead of like, instead of a bunch of, instead of a bunch of "Thou shalt nots," it's a bunch of like, "This is how you need to be." And what's interesting is it has to do with the heart, and like it has to do with your interior. It doesn't have really anything to do with your actions. It's like not blessed are those who actively do merciful things like A, B, C, and D. Like, yeah, it's he doesn't blessed say are blessed are those who like flagellate themselves in a public square or bless <laughs> like i'm trying to think of things for poor in spirit or blessed are well, those i'm not, not saying like i'm not saying um he doesn't say those things ever because eventually he does say like once if you give close to the hungry sorry <laughs> if you give close to the naked and if he goes close to the hungry then they're doing... going to be really confused <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure they'll appreciate it because odds are they haven't went to buy somewhere buy food somewhere if they're naked but anyway um if you if you do these things then you will be like me but the first thing that he says are like blessed are people who are merciful Mm -hmm. and blessed are people who are poor in spirit and like this when when um i don't know what prophet it is because i'm not actually a biblical scholar but um i will take their hearts of stone and give them hearts of flesh daniel god says that about the israel is that is that daniel i was a guess i have no clue all right so I think it it directly references the Ten Commandments is like, I've given them the heart of their teaching was written on stone. I'm going to write the law on their hearts now. And this is what it looks like. Because 
we were talking about this earlier, you know, like the, the reason why the Beatitudes are the crux of our faith Ezekiel. is because they're who Jesus is. Is it Ezekiel? Did you look it up? Yes. Nice. Sorry. Yeah, that actually, that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Cool. Ezekiel. So, um, yeah, the reason why the Beatitudes are the crux of Christian faith and Christian teaching is because Christian teaching is truth and truth is a person. And this is, these are the qualities of this person. These are who... These, this list is who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. And so he's saying, like, blessed is Jesus poor in spirit. He mourns. I think he's, an he, easy way to put it is, for righteousness. is Jesus yeah. tells us how to live, not what to do. I think is a really easy way to put it. Would you that's agree? That's a really good way to put it. Sure. Yeah. So, like, that's what this is. You should not – because we've talked about this before, is that living a Christian life is not a checklist – and if we see this, yeah, this beatitudes, it's really easy to be like, oh, well, I'm poor in spirit, yeah, well, I mourn, okay, I'm meek, um, you know, I'm hunger and I thirst, okay, cool. It's like easy to w- w- have the temptation to go through that in that sort of way, but that's not that's not at all what Christ is wanting us to do. He doesn't want our faith to be a checklist. He wants us to interact with the world in the way that he did, and this is how he did it. You know, especially because these things build on each other. You know, it's definitely a checklist. And with the. um, It is a checklist. Man, like Do you, are you disagreeing with me? What did you no, say? I'm saying that like the Ten Commandments were definitely oh, oh, oh. a sort of checklist, right? Like, don't do this. All right. Check. Not going to do that. No killing. It's no killing because like the Israelites were so like confused they needed that checklist just like okay this all of this stuff will get you like will kill your soul so please don't do this and now jesus comes to give us new life and like more abundant life yeah so this is like a part of the whole new covenant thing you know and oh yeah this so this is all part of christ transforming you know the old you know the old jewish law to the new christian religion right which mm-hmm. does include the law right like he does he says in the very like right after the beatitudes he says i'm in the middle of the podcast hi go <laughs> stop <laughs> he says um <laughs> i don't whatever um he Who, says which one was that? that was my dad he says in chapter 5 uh verse 17 um he says do not think that i have come to abolish the law or the prophets i have come not to abolish but to fulfill so I, it's impossible to not make that connection right there because he's not abolishing the law, but he's giving us a new way to live out the law that is not such so hard and fast like what the Israelites had in the Old Testament. You know, that's really cool. I like that. I, I, and the reason why I brought up the rich young ruler when you were talking about checklists was because he, he sees the Ten Commandments as a checklist. And like, that makes sense. I don't know if the rich young ruler, the rich young ruler is in Matthew 19, 16, um, Matthew 19, verse 16. And um, he comes up and says like, teacher, I have kept the law my whole life. I've done every little thing. Um, What more? And we talked about that last week, Mm -hmm. like that question, what more should I do? Um, I don't know if the rich young ruler was at the Sermon on the Mount or if Jesus told gave the Sermon on the Mount more than once, I imagine he would. But um, 
if he was the rich young ruler must not have been listening and i think jesus needed to like wake him up a little bit because he was like no you need to empty yourself completely that's that's there's there's no difference between going and selling everything you have and the beatitudes if you want to follow jesus command patrick (laughs) and sell everything you have and follow him you need to read the beatitudes understand them and live them um, cause this is who you're supposed to be. Our personality is supposed to be absorbed into Christ. Ooh, there's, there should be no difference between us and him. Um, and it's, you don't lose. And I know like we, we kind of cringe at that cause like we've been taught our whole lives that we have this like individual identity and that's true like that, but that's been like overemphasized, you know, like our individuality, like we, I am me, 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 me. Um, but, and that's true. We do have an individuality, but, our individuality is supposed to be absorbed into the body of Christ. And we may live that out indifferently and it looks different for everybody, but um, shows our weakness, fully living Christ's personality, then it does tell any truth about how we are supposed to live. Um, that makes sense. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of The Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, cool. And also, just another thing with the rich young man that I want to add on. When Jesus reminds the rich young man of the Beatitudes, of the teachings that he's forgot, immediately all of his disciples say, you know, who, who then can be saved, right? Like, cause he says, this is the whole camel eye of the needle type thing. Um, and they, they immediately despair. They're like, who can be saved? And then he has to remind them for human beings, this is impossible, but for God, all things are possible, which again, reinforces your point that like, we have to be, we have to be Christ. Like we have to be like Christ in order for this to work. Like we can't, there's no way that we can do the beatitudes on our own. Like the only, the only way that anybody can do these things, like I would argue that, oh gosh, am I going to get flamed for this? Is this wrong? I would argue that an atheist cannot fulfill the Beatitudes, right? I would agree. Okay. Um, because they, they may do the things they may be, this is a problem that I ran into at, at school is that there's this guy, um, that's kind of a friend of, I, I used to be friends with him like way back freshman year. He was kind of in a group that I was in and he's a uh, pretty atheist, um, not angry. He's very, I mean, he's getting like his degree in philosophy and everything. So he's not one of those just angry online atheists. Like he's actually studied and he can, I mean, he has, he's reasons behind his beliefs and everything. Um, but he will, you know, he said one time, like, I don't understand these Christians. Like you guys are all drinking at the tailgate for the football game. And me and my friends are over at the soup kitchen serving the poor. Like where are the, where are the Christians there? You know, that type of thing. And so, yes, I would agree that he can do works of mercy and he can uh, live out the Beatitudes and kind of the general uh, kind of, uh, what, do you, what do you call them, ways to live he for, can live for out, a Christian. He, he can live out the works of mercy. Yeah, but it's but that's not what Christ is calling us to but. in the Beatitudes, is just living the works of mercy. It's something deeper than yeah. that, isn't it? Also, he's missing the source of mercy too. Right. Even, exactly. Even the this is this is a really good point. Like even in like this general secular altruism, you know, just like being a generally good person, mm-hmm. 
it's missing the source of goodness. Yeah. And so even those actions are tainted by, I mean, all of our actions are tainted. That's just, that's just Louis de Montfort. You know, that's not even like, just, that's not even my own cynicism. That's just, I mean, even you, you can even say like something that you do good for your, your significant other. It's like, all right, are you, are you doing that good thing because you truly love them with every ounce of your being? Or is there a little part of you that just wants like something back? You know, every, every, like every good action we do might be, it's like, there's a little bit of us that it's colored by some kind of self-interest, you know, like I like doing this or like, I wouldn't do this if I didn't get something out of it. And like the way that we, the way that we purge ourselves of that self-interestedness is first of all, offering all of our actions to our lady who cleans them off of our sinfulness. Mm-hmm. Um, but also like abandoning and understanding that we are not the source of mercy, that Jesus Christ is the source of mercy. True. And that, um, and like bringing it back to the Beatitudes, like the Beatitudes include mercy mm-hmm. and mercy is like up there on the list. My, my friend told me that the Beatitudes are hierarchical. They, they move up as you go along. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm still not entirely sure how that, um, I need to like definitely pray more on that, but um, like reflect on how that is. But if that is true, mercy is up there. Blessed are the merciful is verse seven, and it starts in starts in verse one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like, I don't know. The, without without the beatitudes, any work of mercy that you're doing is um is necessarily tainted by some sort of, sort of self interest. Yeah, because the atheist it's very, it's very karmic yeah, kitchen. It's like. There's like a lot of yeah, Buddhism like how... wrapped up in there. It's like, what do you, I don't understand. Cause, cause you'll say like, so somebody will say, oh, I just want to do good for the, cause I just want to be a good person. And then you say, why? And they say, well, because, you know, if I, if I do good, then, you know, ultimately good will return to me. And I say, so you're a Buddhist? And they say, no, 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 not at all. And I say, then what are you? And they say, well, I just want to be a good person. So we end up back where we started, you know? And it's, but you're right. You, you are right, but I don't understand like how to get other people to realize that like they're seeking something greater than themselves. I don't know. That's just something I have to work through with, but what what were you going to say? I mean, like you can, you can argue that someone who's just doing works of mercy just to do them is like, say an atheist is doing it just to prove that you can be an atheist and do good things, which is a self-interested, you know, task. Um, to be seen doing it is another task, like to be seen as doing good. Um, and as Christians, we might be doing good things just to go to heaven and not hell. Ooh. And that is self-interested. I mean, we, we fall into the same trap and uh-huh. absolutely atheists will call us out on it first before we will, because we don't want to admit that other people do it because then we have to admit that we do it too. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you abandon your merciful acts into the, like, I, like I said, that the, the beatitudes are the personality of Christ. And if you have the personality of Christ, good works will necessarily just follow. Yeah. And you will understand that those works don't belong to you because you don't have anything because the first step of the Beatitudes is becoming poor and not owning anything that you do. Boom. Um, and, so and like, if you're already absorbed into this personality and you understand that heaven is not a place necessarily, it's not like, it's not like a, um, a reward in like the material sense. It's a participation in the Trinity. You will, for heaven not as an alternative to hell but as a communion with the person that you love more than anyone else jesus christ 
um i think that i think that's uh this feels like a tangent but it definitely wraps up into it um it's not a tangent. the beatitudes is living heaven on earth whoa isn't it yeah i mean ooh baby do you know what that's worth like... heaven is a is there's a place certainly... on earth do you know it's a song sorry i was doing a song no i'm trying i'm trying to rethink that because there's certainly some things like like there's there's no mourning in heaven and there's some yeah i let's back it up there a is, little there bit it's it's no faith. but what it is it's living as christ lived because christ mourned and christ was poor in spirit and christ was meek and christ hungered and thirsted for righteousness and christ was merciful and christ was clean of heart and christ was a well i don't know if he was a peacemaker but he was absolutely a peacemaker he was a peacemaker i was just thinking of peace sword that whole thing and then yeah yeah and then he was persecuted for the sake of righteousness like the beatitudes are straight up like what christ did while he was on earth and so you're not necessarily wrong in saying that christ or living the beatitudes is living heaven on earth but it's not necessarily heaven it's just living how god lived kind of the original point yes so if you think of because living in heaven on earth is impossible because there's still evil on earth and mm-hmm. you have to respond to that evil otherwise mm-hmm. you're not and I, and I think the beatitudes yeah. give us a good answer to things you know what do we do when something terrible happens blessed are they who mourn for they will be comforted you know what do we do in a world that yeah. is that is so terrible and awful and all these bad horrible things are happening blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be satisfied you know what God, what do i do because i'm i'm so bad and i'm so broken and everything that i've done is 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 wrong and i just i want to i want to i want to come closer to god and i want to be near him and all these things blessed are the clean of heart for they will see god like they for all Which, the um, all the things that get thrown at christians like what about this what about that most likely you can find them here in in matthew chapter 5 verses 3 through 10 yeah which uh, which beatitude like strikes you the most? As we've been flipping back and forth through them, probably blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the land. Just because that's something that we have been talking about in the past week weeks. Oh, yeah, what was that? What was that analogy you said earlier? The stallion. Oh yeah. So at SLS, they talked about meekness as a virtue, and um, how the definition in the Greek or the Hebrew or whatever it was. Um, was not because we think of meek as someone who's weak and small and tiny and shriveled. Um, But what meekness actually is, is something uh, if you are meek, they compared it to um, like the strongest wild colt that has been tamed and is ready to be unleashed at any point in time when its master commands it to, you know, so meekness is having this spiritual, strength um behind all of your actions and you are just waiting for god to tell you when to unleash it or when not to um you know and so being so in tune with the holy spirit and with god's will so that you know for they will inherit the land so that god when god wants you to inherit the land you know you are ready for it you are ready for that um whatever that may entail you know but St- not you know doing not doing it to... not doing it all the time when you want to but waiting until you are called to do so does that make sense yeah that's super cool yeah it's pretty dope i like that i like that one a lot it, it like it goes it goes well with like stuff that i've i've talked to people about over the past few years like uh magnanimity and humility like co-working together is like this 
as like one tempering the other and the other like moving the other along to greater mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The um the beatitude that I that I relate most to or like that strikes out to me the most is um blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Because I feel like so many times I hunger and thirst not for righteousness, just for like things that I want that are that I deem to be fair and just. Like not hunger and thirst for the objectiveness of righteousness, like the objective righteousness, but hunger and thirst for like my own justice as opposed to justice as a whole. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Your silence tells me you don't. Okay. No, I do. No, I know I get you because there's a difference between I want justice for me as in they didn't give me enough curly fries at Arby's versus exactly. I want That's justice exactly for the world in reparation for the sins of humanity. You know, those are two different things. Yeah, because I like believe I, it or I not, it more believe it or not, the fact that I didn't get enough curly fries at Arby's with my RB Sammy is not anywhere close <laughs> to uh, the sins of, of humanity over the past however many millions of years i um i know i do it too because i see it so many times in other people do you know what i mean like the fact that it annoys me when other people do it means that i do it too Mm -hmm. but like uh people like to complain about um phoebe was telling me this story about um she's a she's a waitress and she was telling me about people that um they got mad at her because they didn't bring their water in time she didn't bring their water in time and um when she told me that story, I like got unnecessarily mad about that. I was like, how dare they, you know, like it's not, um, it's not Phoebe's job to like, like make sure that you have your water when you want it. Her job is to like bring you the water. It's like, you don't, you, there's nothing, there's nothing that entitles you to get your water when you want. How dare you? And it's like, oh wait, I do that all the time too. When I'm just like, I didn't get enough curly fries with my Arby sandwich. <laughs> yeah. And, and I want I want a hunger and thirst for like things that are actually righteous. Mm-hmm. I want a hunger and thirst for like people that are suffering and and being actively oppressed and hurt by people in power. And I like I want to like I want the the wisdom to discern what the action is if there can be one, and whether the action is comfort to those oppressed or retaliation against those oppressing. Do you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. sometimes sometimes it takes a lot of wisdom and and um prudence to judge which of those actions is is the right one because like sometimes retaliation against the oppressor is not going to do anything and sometimes comfort to the oppressed is is not going to do as much as you could be doing so yeah that's that's the one that sticks out to be the most very cool i'm a fan of all of that i don't i don't have anything to add to it because it was very well put oh cool Thanks. Sometimes your silence means that you don't really understand what I'm saying. No, sometimes my <laughs> silence means uh, P. Nevy's killing it right now. I'm just going to sit back. Nice. Other times it means I am not listening. <laughs> Other times it means I'm tweeting about how Patrick said that we should not talk about anything Catholic on our podcast. And here we are, buddy. Talking about talking about Catholic things. Catholic things. Yikes. Um, that tweet blew up and I'm mad at you. Yeah, well, David Calavita <laughs> responded to it. He follows me on Twitter, by the way. He works for Life Teen, creative director for Life Teen. I don't know if you know this, but he follows me. Just saying. Anyway. Um, David, unfollow Ethan and follow me. We Thank need you. to get David on the show. We also need to get Mark Hart and Jules Stepanek all at once. Not all at once. Spread out over several months. 
yeah it'll be good we're gonna we're gonna it, part of 2018 folks this is this is a big announcement oh here we go. Um, part of 2018 <laughs> is going to be the summer of the summer of 2018 is going <laughs> to have we're just gonna cash in all of our all of our interview contacts because yeah. i we've actually had a lot stored up like i i've talked to a couple of people that are pretty awesome one guy has a new album coming out. That's the only clue that I'm going to give. I don't even know who we all who you're talking about. You don't know who I'm talking about, but like everybody's been paying attention to this guy. This guy's Twitter account. Is it that one guy? That's what I'm talking about. That I refuse to listen to. No. Oh no, it's not that one guy who you refuse to listen to. It's not. Um, no, it's not. It's not. Um, it's not propaganda. It's not propaganda. It's not propaganda. Oh, okay. <laughs> my, my B, my B. I really like propaganda, and I'm mad that you don't like propaganda. I haven't even listened to him. I just don't want to do it because you like him. Um, so, okay, we're wrapping up this episode real quick before we go, just, um, just for a minute, whatever you're doing, whatever you're reading, um, set down your, your used copy of Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants and pick up, uh, Matthew chapter (laughs) five and check out the Beatitudes and really pray through those just for a couple days and reflect. Um, and I promise you can get right back, um, to SOTTP as soon as as soon as you can um but i really just i think it'd be really cool or really powerful if everybody that listened to this podcast took time this week to pray on the beatitudes that'd be super sick anyway that's all i wanted to say yeah i agree i concur um this is this is i was a really good way to wrap it up let's uh do you have crunch of the week or um, is there a crunch of the i'm week? whipping it up right now sweet so I'll do the wrap-up stuff. You can follow me on Twitter at Catholic Pat. You can follow Ethan on Twitter at ProPostle. Uh, he's Ethan Stevie on Instagram. I'm Patrick Nevy the third on Instagram. Um, please email us or um, DM us on Twitter if you have any questions for our monthly mailbag that we didn't do this week. Yeah, we were going to um, do the monthly mailbag, but none of you called in when I tweeted. And those of you that did call in, you just – what are you doing? You just left a comment. You said, hey – good podcast we're looking for questions we're looking for content we we love playing uh people's voices we love hearing people's voices tell us how awesome we are mm-hmm. however we just ought overloaded with that at sls so yeah. like we're just looking for more questions <laughs> need lots of questions the number in case you don't know what it is is 785-251-3989 uh lay down some magic on the crunch mailbox and we will get to your question hopefully and talk about it on the show. Maybe next week. Unless you don't put anything in. And then we'll have to do something else again. Like we did this week. We'll have to, we'll have to look through. Maybe we'll do an episode on um, on like Romans 4. Who knows? Cool. Um, if you don't like your voice being on the radio. <laughs> the radio. The internet. Um, you can email us. Patrick at thecrunchcast.com. Or Ethan at thecrunchcast.com. That is, if I renew our domain, which was just up for renewal this month because I've switched credit cards. Um, that's a self. That's a note to self. Nobody else <laughs> listen to that. Um, other than that, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Crunchcast, uh, or patreon.com slash the Crunch. Cash register noise. Go on, Ethan. Give us the. This one comes to us from K. Lou, 1995. She says it's the gateway drug of podcasts. I'm assuming it's a she. Could be a boy. Coming up on my one-year anniversary of listening to you guys, and you've led me some other to some other amazing Catholic podcasts. Keep fighting the good fight and bringing Christ to youngsters in a refreshing and light-hearted way. Thank you, K. Lou, 1995. We're happy to help. 
<laughs> what? Why you... Friendly neighborhood podcasters. Yes, we're here to bring justice. Also, to the can world. we talk about how you're Spider Man and I'm Spider Man's friend? Yeah, you're Ned <laughs> from Spider Man Homecoming. Anyway, that's not an insult. That's just a which is kind of how it is. I'm very clearly I'm the Tom guy Holland. At the, I'm the guy at the computer. You're the guy. You're the man in the chair. Man in the chair. That's what it was. Yeah. You that almost, was a good movie. Can we talk about how good Spider-Man Homecoming is? It's pretty good. It made me um, – what's the word? It, the scene with where he goes and gets driven by her dad gave me so much anxiety because it reminded me of the times when I would go to dances with girls and, like, see their dads, and the stakes were much lower when I was doing it. And so it was just... It was <laughs> I just, wasn't a superhero. I wasn't a superhero, and her dad wasn't, spoiler, a supervillain. And so, uh, yeah, lots of pressure. Yeah. Um, anyway... I watched that movie recently, and I still haven't met Phoebe's dad. So, like, let's talk about how scared I am. Do you think Phoebe's dad movie. is Michael Keaton? <laughs> That's the title of the episode, folks. All right. That's all we have for you today. <laughs> all right. Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We'll be praying for you, and we will see you on the Twitters.